What's up, guys? Welcome to Teutonic Takes. I'm actually here with uh, two really cool guys. Um, if you don't know them already, they're from a show that uh, I'm very dear to. This is one of my favorite Quake shows I watch every week. But the reason why I wanted to bring them on is because I wanted you guys to enjoy them, too. What's up? I have Saz and I have Jacob. What's up, guys? Let's start with Saz. Yeah, what's good, guys? I'm Saz. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I run most of the things on Aftershock. Let's <laughs> just keep it simple. Yeah, my name is Jacob. I'm there for my expert analysis and uh, critiquing Saz's ratings. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that that basically these guys have a lot of chemistry and it's a lot of fun. Uh, they like to laugh a lot and have a good time, basically like like a bar conversation between friends. And and if you want to throw it on while you're listening, driving, that's what I usually do. Um, you feel like you're right in the room with them. So it's definitely something to, to listen to, guys. All right. Well, I have them here. Guys, a lot of news today. I mean, yesterday, a lot of news came out. And today, even more news came out. But um, definitely something to look forward to if you're a Quakes fan. Saz, what did you think of the initial Jeremy Abobasi trade? So it wasn't – actually, it wasn't even the trade that – like uh, like the player we were requiring that I was uh, most, like, excited about is because when – I, it was a couple of weeks ago when we announced we're firing the GM and we're hiring a new one. I was actually kind of mad at the Quakes because I, mm. I, I was happy because it was some, we all agreed something needed to be changed. Cause I think we had yeah. had one point out of a possible 18 at that point when the firing yeah. was made. And I'm like, what's the point of like doing a whole GM thing? Like, like in the middle of a season, like what's that really going to do? But immediately he's already made two big changes, but right. As far as the trade itself, I'm excited. It's a young, promising talent. Now, I'm a big fan of Benji, and I think Haji deserves some more minutes, but this creates rotation, and I nearly cry because I think it's the end of Carlos Fierro, hopefully. That is the best part of it all. I don't know if you're going to like our show once I get my Juneteenth jersey up here. You know, it's my oh, Carlos Fierro <laughs> Juneteenth jersey. Oh, I just listen. Man. I can only listen. I can't watch anymore then. <laughs> I, have, I have it right here, but we are an anti-Fierro podcast. <laughs> Dude, he's crazy famous. Uh, Wanda was leading the chance for Carlos Fierro to come out and sign some uh, some autographs. So it's, it's he needs to pick it up, man. I mean, yeah, no. Jacob's not a Wando fan. <laughs> so yeah, it's all right. I, mean, it's all right. I, I love Wanda. I love Wanda, but you know, maybe it's time to transition. Who knows? Yeah, and definitely, uh, we we brought in Jeremy Bobasi for that reason. Jacob, what did you think of the transfer? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been crying out for a, for a pure number nine for a long time now. Uh, yeah. Saz and I always discuss this. All right, how are we going to really score some goals? It seems like that's been the main problem for a while. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice to have a proven goal scorer in the mm. MLS. You know, he's he's been on a good run of form recently um, and hopefully can transition smoothly into our lineup. I, yeah. One thing I like about him is, like, I, I saw that he can actually take some free kicks because – especially with our subs i've been laughing with jacob like i have like played sunday league and i played soccer my whole life and never once have i ever seen a team that doesn't have a player that can take a free kick <laughs> like we'll get a free kick on top of the box and everyone's just looking at each other like <laughs> right right who's gonna take it like, yeah. <laughs> yeah no that, it's uh, it's something else i mean wanda was taking a free kick i that's something i thought i've never seen his last year it's basically wando's last year's bingo right like what like yeah. take a pk get a red card right yeah. <laughs> miss a howler score two goals yeah, to win yeah. right it's like yeah, oh i yeah, got five yeah. in a row you know yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, exactly. it's definitely something that it's gonna bring life to this team um i initially didn't like it too much i wasn't too hot about it because 
I thought Cade Cal's production or his kind of his minutes might decrease due to this kind of uh, Jeremy Bosey coming in. But I think you're right. Carlos Fierro is going to lose all of his minutes to Cade Cal on the wing now. I think Cade Cal at nine at the nine was an experiment that they were trying out. And unfortunately it just wasn't producing enough goals for the team. And uh, I think we're going to see Jeremy Bobacy kind of slot right in. I think Jeremy Bobacy is a guy that is better in the air than he is on the ground or with, with the ball at his feet. So this is something that the team was severely lacking because Kate Cal doesn't know how to head a ball. I hate to say yeah. it guys. We love Kate Cal, but unfortunately just doesn't know how to head the ball yet. Um, I was hoping he would get that skill this year, but it was uh, unfortunate that he just didn't get to, you know, head the ball as much. Um, Carlos Fierro is going to be more efficient with Jeremy Bosey. And, and I'm going to say that honestly, because the only person that wants to cross the ball in the, on this team, like a regular winger is uh, Carlos Fierro. He's the only one that does that long cross. And that won us the game in Real Salt Lake, right? Cause Wando knows how to handle those kind of long crosses and jump at the right time and get ahead of your player. Um, but what do you guys think of the money tag to it? I mean, what do you guys think of Chris Leach kind of just stepping in and be like, Hey, you know, this is my intern job, but I'm just going to make the biggest trade in MLS history, you know, for GAM. But uh, we'll start with Jacob. What'd you, what'd you think like of Chris Leach kind of stepping in? Well, I think I'll just reaffirm my point from before. We really need, we really needed this position to be filled. Yeah. Um, and especially given the signs we've made in recent times, I think that it was good to have an MLS player come into the squad rather than the Fieros and Rioses yeah, I agree. from out of the league. I think that, like I said, it seems like he's proven to score at this level. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of disagree with what you said about him at the ball with his him with the mm. ball at his feet. I think he actually does have some technicalities with them. So I think that I think that he does provide us that extra, you know, faceted attack, yeah. you know, for a while, it just felt like Espinosa and Cowell were on their own, but I think that right. now with the number nine, we'll have that, that missing piece to really give stretch the field and also have that central threat because for a while we've been, we've been missing that central threat. That's yeah, no, definitely. And uh, Jeremy Bosey is great with his feet. He's just really good in the air. He's yeah. just like elite in the air. So that is probably his best quality, but with his feet and taking free kicks like we were talking about before uh, is something that is really good from him. It's just you, when you, you kind of have that cross going through the air, you want him at the end of that. And I think I, yeah, cause Cade Callan and Christian Espinosa can both hit a long shot. I mean, a long ball and, or kind of shoot it outside of the box. So maybe I want them to take that shot. Maybe a bubble, gets a rebound. Um, but Saz, what'd you think of Chris Leach kind of just stepping in saying, Hey, this is my office. Yeah, well, well, I like I like that we're getting money because we are in desperate need of it. But mm -hmm. as far as the the heading point, I think that is a pro, but I think it's a really big con too with our uh -huh. team because in the last two games we've been playing kind of with sort of like a false nine position with either right. starting up there, yeah, and because we haven't had like our full squad, like, and one big concern or like problem i think jacob and i both agree on is a lot of time our tack isn't creative it's just like go down the wing cross and hope wando gets on the end of it yeah and yeah then when we went to this false nine thing um actually i think it started when benji first started but he got injured right. after 45 minutes it's all a really dynamic and creative like front line like and you see that with cal and espinoza and then you have a striker who's actually like checking to the ball and moving around and i think this new guy he can add and help to it but if we 
see that he's good at heading. I don't want us to go back to send mm. it down the line and cross it in and hope he can win a 1v2, 1v3. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how we adapt to it. And I hope we rely on this like style of like actually playing and having a creative final third versus just going back to the Hail Mary crosses. Mm -hmm. I don't like, this is going to be a little bit of a hot take, a little bit of a time take. I don't like trophies at the 10, to be completely honest with you. I feel like he doesn't pass the ball enough to be that creative 10. I think he looks for that long shot outside of the box with his left all the time. And that's mm. kind of what puts the strikers on an island, I think. I think it puts Wando on an island where Wando doesn't get a single touch in the first 45. That's what's happening. Everybody's playing hero ball, and he's talked about that. Everybody wants the ISO and the superstar kind of three-point shot from the half-court line. And and that kind of isolates the strikers. So I would like to see Jackson Ewell up there. I mean, I think he he's not. that's not his best position. But yeah. if we have a real striker now, I want someone to feed him, right? And that's something we need. Um, and Chofis, to be honest, can't go a full 90 yet. Um, yeah. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, but we'll kind of get that into a little bit uh, later. So let's go ahead and go into the second piece of news. Florian Youngberg gets traded away for 200, 200K GAM and 100K in incentives in the next year. So let's start with Jacob. I know yeah, Jacob yeah, loves yeah. Florian Youngberg. Jacob, you can take this whole segment. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you know, it was really depressing. Um, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, um, I've the last couple of years, um, I think that we've seen Flo make too many mistakes, in my opinion. I really, I, it says always attests to this. He has leadership qualities and he does have that passion. However, I think that we needed to look for somebody at the back who wasn't as prone to those mistakes, you know, mm. especially in one on one situations and down the line. He's such a liability. Mm. Um, you know, a couple of times he gave away penalties against, uh, what was it like Orlando where he just yeah. dived in and he really that scared was me. Yeah. That he was the worst me. penalty I've ever seen. Like my man was playing kickball. Like he sprinted yeah. full speed. The yeah. ball was in there and he just swung for the fences. Yeah. Jacob, I just remember Jacob immediately FaceTiming me. Like, <laughs> what was that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With some explicit uh, terms, but I mean, <laughs> seriously, like, especially last year. I mean, this year he kind of moved into the midfield after lack of playing time and it wasn't as bad, but just still, still felt weird. And I, I think it just kind of reaffirmed that he was eventually going to move on. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you get moved into the midfield like that, after playing as a center back for so many years and right after you haven't been playing well, and I think it was time for him to move on. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, Saz, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think he hit the uh, head of the nail. And like okay. uh, we were saying before the podcast, like I think Nathan is really like a 10 year younger version of Flo. So I think right. we got that replacement already. And the passion and everything, like obviously he's a presence in the locker room. But I think Nathan's kind of like, he's not replacing in that sense. But as far as the screaming and organizing everyone, right. I think if you listen to that uh, last game over again, I promise you, you will not go more than a minute and a half without hearing JT screaming. So I think they have the organization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I'll just add real quick. Um, I like that they brought in Nathan to, you know, as a preemptive replacement for him. I'm, I'm glad that they thought strategically like that before mm -hmm. completely trading him in a way. So, yeah, my, my whole thing about this flow trade is my biggest problem with Jesse Fiorinelli's reign is that he let guys walk free. A guy like Vaco could easily, easily sold for some sort of money. 
to yeah. to the K League. I mean, the K League isn't a poor league, right? They're always in the AFC Championship or Champions League, so they definitely have some money to go go ahead and bring in a guy like Vaco. Easily could have been like one million, maybe half a million, five hundred K, and that would have helped us out dearly. I mean, having more budget to throw around would have been great. So seeing Chris Leach step in and get almost it could be 300k for a guy that's on an expiring contract that just wasn't yeah. performing at what we needed him to perform at. It's like, geez, who is this yeah. guy? Right. Who is yeah. this GM? I mean, I don't know. I think I would give him the reins. I think that it would, these, the first move I thought, okay, maybe he just had to put his wallet on the table and say, Hey, okay, I want this job. But the second move really impressed me getting that much money for a guy that was really on his way out um, is gigantic. For, to put that in perspective for all you guys listening, <laughs> Florian Youngberth cost the same as Eric Rometty to come in. That's insane. And I don't know how you feel about Eric Rometty, but we sold Florian Youngberth at a great price if you know Eric Rometty could come in for the same price. So that's just my two cents on that. Um, do you guys feel like Chris Leach is going to get the job? We'll start with Saz. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think there's anything else at this point that like yeah. has proven otherwise, like if they're already giving him reins to like do that, someone, especially with someone, an established player, like flow who like, even though, yes, he's been messing up is still finding his way into the lineup. So obviously as a presence in the locker room and yeah. liked, so to make a big move like that off the start, I really appreciate. It. And I think if it turns out that this signing that we just made, like he starts putting some goals away, I think, I think the fans are going to back it. And I think, uh, so will the staff. Yeah. 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 I'll just add on real quick. I no. don't have too much to say other than what you guys have already attested to. But um, before Leach came in, it was like, it felt like the club's financials were illogical at some point. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of our signings haven't made too much sense on a contractual basis, right? I don't know. For some reason, we kept signing Wando's to, Wando to one-year extensions. And he eats up a lot of our budget on the wage, the wage set, the schedule. So, and then also you had signings like Fierro and, Right. Uh, Rios, you know, they, they eat up a lot of our uh, wage too. And yeah. um, they come off the bench and they were supposed to be these signs that were starting and creating and scoring goals, winning us games. And, you know, of course there's hints of that, but you know, when you eat up, I think they each make around like half a mil each, you know, no, that's they make most, a million million each. Yeah, They make a lot. And yeah. it's, it's absolutely crazy because then they don't even start most of the games. Right. And I think that it's a really I think, like you said, it's it's a transition away from what was before. And so I like it. Yeah, just just getting money for players going out is is extreme. I mean, we, we didn't get the numbers for Magnus Eriksson, but that was nice. That was getting a little piece, but that was more of the club coming to us saying we want Eriksson back before he's on a free because then he can't like go anywhere else. But yeah, the guy like Vaco, Vaco is, is he's like scored 10 goals in the Asian Champions League. Like he's he's one of their best players he should have left on some sort of transfer fee. And that, and that I think is the one thing I'll give Jesse a lot of, a lot of stuff for, because you just can't leave a player with that many goals under Almeida and in MLS leave on a free. um, I mean, he only played half the season and like he was our top goal scorer and second in assist until the third to last game. I personally don't even think he should have left because he was my favorite player on the team, but I a hundred percent agree with what you say. Like, and then Kashio was kind of like a package deal with him. Yeah. And like Kashio was performing for us. Like I could, you could make the argument. He was our best center back at the mm. time, even when Alanis yeah. was coming in. So just get both of those guys to go away and get nothing in return is the biggest slap in the face. Right. Right. He eventually got Nathan in and I was thinking maybe we shouldn't have done it 
that quickly. But like you said, Zaz, something had to happen. And unfortunately, it was him. Uh, I talked to Jack Skahan yesterday and or oh, my God, I said his name wrong. I had him on yesterday. Jack Skane. So it's actually Skane instead of Skahan. I've said Skane. Okay, yeah, I've heard it a thousand different ways. So Skane. Yeah. It's actually Skane. Yeah. Um, he said that Chris Leach actually reached out to him on draft night and drafted him or and talked to him. So Chris Leach has been almost in that role for a long time already. And I think he's had these kind of options or these kind of scenarios brewing already. Like, you know, how if you're, you're at a, if you're at a job and you're like, if I was manager, this is what I would do. I think that's finally what he's achieving. He saw mm-hmm. Boba C was moved out to the wing in Portland. And he thought, yeah, this is a great time to get a player that's valued at $3 million for $1.1 million. So it's, it's, definitely a steal i mean portland fans were pissed right so yeah this is something on and off the field this guy's a great guy and I, i'm excited to see him in, in san jose blue they just released a picture of it so uh, i'm excited mm-hmm. to see he took number 11 so yeah, we'll see yeah. it we'll see if we he, he'll play next next week with lafc and we'll kind of get to a preview afterwards but um let's go okay. into the seattle game or i'm sorry the portland game uh cascadia two cascadia games back to back so definitely let's go into the portland game um but what did you guys think of the game overall? And do you feel like getting one point was valid? We'll start with Jacob. Uh, actually, before we before yeah, yeah. we do that, I want to start like, did like I saw like I know Portland had some injuries at the yeah. beginning of the year, but I guess like someone failed to like tell me and Jacob that uh, Portland's front line was also the USA's B team for the four by one hundred at the Olympics. Yeah, they were also fast. Oh my God. Was, God. Well, Espria, the guy who was up against Abakasis the whole night. He is like one of the fastest, fastest yeah. guys in the league, but he can't put a ball on frame. So it's literally, I think yeah. Matias Almeida yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of knew that oh, going yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. I think he kind of knew that going in. So he didn't start Marcos Lopez. And there's a whole bunch. Of, so I have a lot of Peruvian friends out here because in Japan, there's a big Peruvian kind of population um, just due to the the history between the two nations. And, and a lot of the kind of like working class citizens are Peruvian out here. And they're always asking me, dude, why isn't Marcos Lopez starting? He's like playing, starting for the national team. And I'm like, trust me, it has nothing to do with how he's playing. It literally is all matchups. It's all what Matias Almeida thinks is best for that game. If we put the best 11 people out on the field, Marcos Lopez is starting every single game. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think he knew that Espria can't really put a ball on frame. So he's like, let me just throw Lucho out there, eat up some minutes and have Marcos Lopez, a full go against Carlos Vela. I think that's what we were kind of looking at there. Um, and it worked. Aspria is really fast <laughs> and just insane amount of talent, but he just can't put the ball on frame. Um, but yeah. So what'd you think about the game? We'll start with Jacob. Yeah. So overall, I mean, I just want to say this. It felt like an exciting game. You know, I enjoyed yeah. watching the game. Yeah. Um, it was a good change from the previous weeks where it felt like we were creating as well, you know, Although Portland kind of destroyed us on our defensive end, um, they should have probably scored more than just one. I mean, yeah. maybe five, but uh, no, but seriously, we had our own chances as well. You know, Espinosa had that one chance created by Cowell. Yeah. yeah. Box. And, you know, also we had that Nathan header that went just wide, you know, mm. it felt like we were actually getting some quality chances rather than just, you know, random flukes. Yeah. If if I may so say so. Um, <laughs> but the goal was like a random fluke, right? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. What was that? But Espinosa came in. He put in a ball with pace, and you know, when yeah. you put a ball with pace like that into the box, it, it's dangerous. And I like that. I like that 
that Cowell has that potential to go at the defense as well. And Espinosa, yeah. he's starting to hit his stride a little bit right. here as we get further into the season. And it just was a lot more enjoyable to watch. And we can talk about the defense in a little bit on our yeah. side. But overall, it was a good game to watch. Yeah. Saz? Yeah, I feel it, it. it's frustrating. If you take this game and you put it in an echo chamber, I think a tie was a great result because – if you look at just the first half, I'm like, oh, we could really win this. And then they score right before half. Right, and then after right. that, it was just chance after chance after chance after chance. So it, it got to the point where I'm like, please, just a point. Just I'll take a point away at Portland. That's great. But if you look at where we're at in the season and how many games we blew and how we're yeah. still yeah. under the playoff line, yeah. and we have a very tough August schedule ahead of us, mm. we really needed a win. And then if we would have also beat LAFC who lost to Sporting, we yeah. would have been around fifth place. So we have to get a win this Sunday, not to get too far ahead already, but yeah. Well, to, to be completely honest with you, I don't know what happens in MLS. I think it's the seven teams that go into the playoffs, but we're only three points away from that seventh spot. Yeah, so yeah. at the end of the day, these players are going to be motivated because they're like, dude, we're one win away from being in playoffs. Like it's, I don't know, MLS, it seems like you're always in it, right? You're always in the thick yeah, of things. Yeah, we're and always it's, on the fridge. Right, yeah, yeah, because- Until that last game. Because <laughs> every, everybody- gets in the playoffs almost if you don't make the playoffs man that was a really bad season and yeah. um yeah, it's not the epl where it's really only the top four teams where you just have to be on your ball almost all the time and if you tie there's no way you're gonna you're gonna be like if you tie as much as the earthquakes there's no way you're gonna be even in the top seven um yeah so definitely it's at least it's we're in mls right so it, it, but i mean yeah like, the fact yeah, yeah the fact that we're on 17 games played and have 18 points and we're still in contention for playoffs speaks right. for itself. <laughs> it's not even contention, right? We're three points away. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. geez, one win away. If we get a win against RSL again, we're, we we flip-flop with them. Um, and what I was just going to say was you were talking about going ahead and, you know, being in that playoff position, but I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, um, okay. But, yeah, <laughs> let's go ahead and go ahead and talk about kind of in the Seattle game, the goal. Let's talk about the goal. If it comes uh, back to me, I'll go ahead and uh, and talk about. Are talking about the Portland game or the Seattle game? Oh, I'm sorry, Portland. Oh man, okay. yeah, yeah. This, I gotcha. took the second vaccine for code right now, and I'm all yeah, loopy, yeah, yeah. So. I remember, I remember, dog. I remember. It, yeah, oh. you're gonna be back for a while. Yeah, let's go <laughs> ahead and uh, let's go into the player kind of. Uh, you guys have on your podcast. You go ahead and and do your player ratings every game. So why don't we go ahead and start that? Let me before Jacob has an aneurysm. Let me clarify. They're my player <laughs> ratings. <laughs> They are statistically backed, you know, very accurate. <laughs> no, they're they're just what we thought. And I basically have this segment where Saz comes up with these expert ratings and I kind of review them and we kind of have a laugh about them. We, 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 we go back and forth and All right. hopefully we have, so, we have a third opinion here today. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's start with JT. All right, so JT, you know, 6.7 out of 10. We, we have written down here. He wasn't at fault for the equalizer at the end of the half and dealt well with the shots that came at him. He dealt with only a few chances and did well. I mean, I, t I tend to agree with that. You know, the goal was unfortunate. He almost got a hand to it. But, you know, granted how many chances they had against us, it felt like he, he served his purpose well. What do you think? Saz, go ahead. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was what I read, yeah. uh, wrote about it. So, yeah, I mean, that's just exactly how I feel. Like, yeah, I just – didn't have to deal with much. A couple good right. chances when he did and almost got the save on that. So can't really blame him. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good rating for him. I, I would agree with that. I see some of these other ones, and I'm like, oh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Trust me, trust me. I, I know, I know. I do this but, uh, almost every week. Um, okay, we move on to Lucio Apicasis. In a high pressing and pace game, his lack of stepping to the ball and inconsistency uh, really hurt the team. Um, I don't know. I mean, he, mm. he did get exposed a few times on defense. I felt like he was okay going forward. Um, and then he got subbed off towards the end, right? And so, I don't know. I mean, I felt like he served his purpose well. And it's probably accurate, actually. I don't know how much I'd deviate from that. Just felt like an average performance, right? Yeah, I don't know. He connected maybe one out of five crosses. Yeah, which is a usual for him. <laughs> yeah. Going forward, he's not that good. Defensively sound. Um, gets burned, but doesn't let them score. I don't think there's been a player where they've scored on Lucho yet. Um, I might be wrong on that, but he's always up there in the tackles, even though he comes on as a sub. So he's just like Nathan defensively tackle tackle aggressive. Really? These both of these guys are. And, uh, but just going forward, I, you can't have that in the starting lineup. I mean, you need someone to connect uh, with your players up, up top. And he, this was probably, he was in the lineup just because he knew, like I was saying earlier, Espria can't put a shot on frame. Um, yeah. And then he, he ate up some minutes so that Marcos Lopez can be full to go against LAFC. Yeah. yeah, I, I, he, he gets beat. He got scored on one time, and it, mm. it gets beat when there's a cross and it's coming uh, like from the right side, and he has to deal with the back post cross. Uh, um, he usually gets beat on that. And then in the final third, I 100 agree. Like he is a great defender one on one, but it's it's that middle third, especially mm. in this three five system, where it's just like, I I swear every time Judson had to come and make a 60 yard run just <laughs> to like go either cover for him or for Chofis, and it's yeah. just like. Then the middle is open because flow can't cover that much ground. Right, so it right. was like, it was, yeah, yeah, it was frustrating. All right. We can move on to Beeson 6.7 out of 10. Okay. A very difficult task as he was dealing with what seemed like a track star on the other team. Yep. Four by 100. And then he put his body on the line multiple times to cr block crosses or shots for us. Yeah. I actually thought he played well. I've actually been an advocate of Beeson in the lineup for a long time now at the beginning of the season when he was still on the cusp, right? Saz and I had this debate. Oh, do we still want Flo and Alanis at the back? And um, I really wanted to see him get some minutes because he's got that younger age. He's He's got a little more pace. And he, he, he I think he deserved a chance. And so I've been happy that he's got more minutes. And he's definitely seemed, seeming to be like he's going to be a consistent performer for us. He's had a mm. couple of good run of form, a couple of good games these last few weeks. I don't know. I just like him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Beeson has earned the starting spot on this team and is going to be our center back of the future for sure. Yeah. All right. We can move on to Alanis 6.7 out of 10 as well. Good job of dealing with the very pacey team while knowing he does not have much pace himself. He read the game well and dropped in positions to stop it. So, yeah, I mean, I actually like the way Alanis played as well. Our whole defense I thought played all right besides, I don't know, actually i don't know we did have we did concede a lot of chances i'm not sure but it mm. felt like we did okay um alani see he definitely did read read the game well he i think he definitely operates at best in that middle center back position yeah. where he's able to cover the other two because you're right he doesn't have as much pace down the wings and um he's able to read the game and slide across quickly so i like that i, I think yeah. he played all right as well i think alanis deserves a 6.8 he needs the, at least the best kind of for the center backs this game. If you look back at the goal, it really goes from Alanis to Espinoza to the goalie to Chofis. That's a yeah. beautiful long ball. And for that, 
I think he deserves a little more credit. Um, he created that chance completely. Him and Espinosa, um, he, he posted a reel, and I was like, oh, man, man what's yeah. up? Everybody's posting reels nowadays, you know? So, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a great way to see, you know, in my mind and change his opinion of his game. So <laughs> definitely um, he had yeah, a – for- Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, for me, it's it's so difficult every week to – I keep giving the three center backs the same uh, ratings of, as each other because they all do something different. Because I feel like, like we said about Alan, he's really distributing, like yeah. really reads the game. Beeson's a little bit more athletic, covers a lot, so Shea has more freedom to get up, puts his body on the line. Right. And Nathan is like, I swear, he's making runs up. He's tackling people. He's like energizing everywhere. the team. So they all have their pieces they play, and it's hard because every time I want to be like, oh, he did this, give him right. a little bit higher. Ah, but then he did this there mm. and that. So like, it's, it's hard to put one over the other. And I feel like they've be, uh, formed a really good partnership with each other. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, Beeson had a, had a wayward shot, though. So I was like, oh, minus one point. Yeah, I thought he was going to hit it first time. Oh, that right winger was saucing him up, too. Like, he was doing a great job, but that right winger was saucy at the yeah, end. Yeah, he was fast. He was quick. Yeah. All right, and we can move on to Nathan. Sorry, I just saw the one below it. Um, okay, Nathan, 6.7 out of 10. He had a Coliseum battle every time the ball was near him, and the squad was fast and furious. And Nathan fought for his family today. That was a good one. I like that. Family, family. But, um, but yeah, I thought Nathan, he, uh, he played well as well. And I don't even know what else to add at this point. You know, I think Sass covered it yep. all pretty well in his last uh, his last uh, little speech there about how our three center backs form a good partnership right now. Yeah, Nathan played well. Maybe would have been the best uh, center back, but he got that yellow at the end just for fighting. And I'm like, oh man, you're such an aggressive center back. You can't be getting yellows like that. Like, yeah. if you if you got away with all your tackles during the game, don't get a fighting yellow card because like, ah, oh, yeah. like we're probably gonna have Jacob starting some sort of game. Because that's our backup now. So definitely yeah. not a smart move on, on Nathan's part. Yeah, the one thing I'll just add real quick um, before we move on is he, he does have the capability of having that aerial threat. Yeah. Um, he yeah. almost scored again. And it's really nice to see us have that aerial threat, especially from set pieces, because it does seem like we get a decent amount of corners each game. And for the longest time, Saz and I, we look at our set pieces and we're like, what is going on? Like, what, what is happening? It felt I like- used to say, I'd rather us kick the ball out than get counterattacked and scored on. Yeah. That was what was happening every week. But yeah, <laughs> right? now we yeah. Now with the Nathan, it, it, we have that threat, and it's, it's nice. Well, now with Nathan, Alanis, and Abobasi, we are looking pretty dangerous on corner kicks, and and that's going to be probably a, a pro for this team nowadays. Remember the well, yeah, days he, where it was like they were scoring on corners? Yeah. yeah. And, well, Benji, and then right? and Benji coming in. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely yeah. nice. It's it, Wando is always great on corners when he's not our first option. When he's like yeah. the Andrew yeah. Wiggins of the Warriors and he's our third option on corner kicks, he – excels when he, for sure when he's a role player and not trying to be the star yeah, yeah. right right yeah. at this point of his career yes yes yeah so the fans of our show uh this is obviously one of our segments we like to do uh it's a, it's a little bit of a sad moment also a bit of a happy moment uh this is the last time the final time jacob will ever get to clown <laughs> young worth rating oh. and performance for the earthquakes so one last time Jacob, go ahead and read about Youngworth and tell me what you thought about the game. So we gave him an 11 out of 10, minus 6, so about a 5.4. And we said that his defense was a liability in a game where pace and agility was needed. Um, 
Yeah, definitely through the middle. It seemed like we were slow to react to different bounces and other defensive mishaps in our own third. I could count probably like maybe five times in the first half where there was some cross put in and it just kind of deflected to the top of the box and our midfield was nowhere to be found. And they got another chance instantly right there. We got a couple shots off and it just felt like our midfield was slow to react to those balls that came back into the midfield. I don't know, but yeah, it's a sad day. It's a sad day. How, how do you feel about it, Fabian? Yeah. Um, basically it's the last time so i felt like he should go out on an eight out of ten right so oh. no, no. Uh, i thought he did okay i think he made the the conservative this is like watching jackson Ewell with the usm us men's national team all right he just makes that conservative pass um he didn't want to make a mistake he didn't make a mistake we came out with a draw in portland so um i think a little harsh but again i I'm, i see where you're going with we need to pace this game diego chara is just an animal um, in the midfield for them. Yeah, it is. So definitely a game where he was outpaced. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think it was a, a fair rating, but if, if it's the worst one, maybe a little harsh. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think part of it for me too, was in this, when you only have like two actual, like kind of midfielders at a time in there, you really need them working together. And I feel like it really drew Jude's and out of position a lot of times uh, and made him have to do a little, like he does a lot of running for people, but made him do a little bit more than he like, maybe is used to and that's why i like the partner of him and Romady together but yeah yeah i mean overall i felt he he did as good as he could have done uh, for playing in the midfield i mean you can't really expect too much from a center back playing out of position there all right move on to judson 6.7 out of 10 he had a lot of ground to cover which usually is no problem for him yet the athleticism of the portland squad and lack of help from teammates really stretched him thin yeah it felt like he just couldn't be everywhere at once and mm-hmm. he like sad said earlier he, he had to track back for lucio and he right. also had to help out with Beeson because of salinas going forward and it felt like he, he was definitely stretched thin. and as i mentioned before it felt like we were a little slow to react in our own defensive third however i mean i think he did all right so that's probably fair yeah, I agree with that one. That one's fair. All right. I, I actually originally gave him like a 6.8, 6.9, mm. but like offensively, he was just not helping us. But I feel like part of that was due to how much he had to do defensively. Yeah, I think that was just the setup. I think that was the yeah. tactics. Yeah. All right. Let me move on to Shea. Six out of 10, almost completely absent in this game. And when he was on the ball, it was poor, just not his night. Yeah. I mean, I think when you look back to the last few weeks, he's been on fire. Yeah, um, he had a lot of good moments in the last couple games, and it felt like this 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 uh, match it didn't click. You know, maybe it was the way the other team was set up. I don't know, but he definitely didn't have as many bursting runs with the ball as he usually does going forward. And I don't know, maybe he was stuck tracking back and filling mm-hmm. space where he had to cover the pace of the other wingers. And I don't know, but yeah, it's probably fair. Just an average performance, in my opinion. I I'm going to say that this should have been your lowest rating. Personally, I forgot Selena's played the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. And you know, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Usually he, he, you know, tries to become, you know, Di Maria or something during the yeah. game. He goes past three guys, and, but th- this game, I uh, forgot he was playing. So maybe, maybe this, this one should have been, I would have put this one as the lowest. That's yeah, that's fair. And I think yeah. the defining moment for me where I knew it just wasn't his game is he had the ball and Cade Cal was making a run and then, like, instead of playing it over the top, he, like, just played it to the feet of the defender. Like, as if Cade Cal was suddenly going to, like, check to the ball. And then Shea just goes. Oh, that, I think of, like, it was actually Alanis, to be honest. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually remembering that, too. Maybe your, your rating on Alanis was fair because he gave up a goal. 
basically with that because then they got a, a corner on off of that and uh-huh. then he got us a goal so maybe that was fair of all the knees maybe I, I i should remember better yeah but overall i think salinas just yeah hopefully he bounces back from this i right, move on to trophy 6.6 out of 10 frustrating game because when he's on the ball he's absolutely brilliant and creates chances but it's far and few between every week yeah i mean i uh, saz and i talk about this a lot and we always harp about how he has the potential he has the ability to create moments like that Mm. but we want to see a little bit more and maybe it's the way the quakes are set up where we haven't had that number nine for him to work off of and play Mm. off of hopefully with the new transfers coming in that it really helps but yeah, I mean, if he could just become a little more consistent, I think that's what we're looking for. I like this goal coming from him. I think it weighs more from him because he had conditioning problems coming in. And if he's going all the way to the goalie every single time and hoping the ball drops like it did, I think this goal marks a pretty big step for him. I think this means that he is trying out there. Um, mm-hmm. So I do think this is one of his better games. This was the first goal he had outside of the first 15 minutes. So <laughs> Definitely something to keep an eye on, um, but better from Trophies Lopez. He's already having his best season in his whole career, I think. Um, so definitely he had a lot of hype, but he's maybe finally living up to that hype in San Jose. Mm-hmm. All right. We can move on now to Espinosa. 6.7 out of 10. He's looking sharper and sharper every week, and he really created all of our chances in the first half. Mm. Great delivery to make the keeper spill the ball out and get an assist. I mean, I'll just repeat what I uh, said earlier in the podcast. It feels like he's starting to hit his rhythm. Definitely. And, you know, at the first couple games, it felt like, oh, we need the Espinosa from last season and in the bubble tournament where he really popped off. And it feels like these last couple of games is getting on the ball more. He has more space to work with. I don't know. Maybe it's because Cowell came back and now there's that opposite side threat where you originally had Firo and people weren't as worried about Firo. I'm not really sure. Mm. Felt like Espinosa's starting to hit his stride. And I, I really hope he continues because we all know how dangerous he can be. Yeah, I was really excited with Espinosa last game. Um, I, th- I wanted to see that from him the whole season where he gets in the middle of the, of the pitch and shoots because yeah. he needs to be able to slide that ball in because um, he does have pace on the ball. So he can slide it in like he did last game. So seeing that he, he created a goal again with one of his shot opportunities that are on frame, definitely a plus from Espinosa, and he started to get into his groove. I was really critical on Espinosa this earlier in the season where he took like nine shots a game and really didn't create any type of uh, chances. But now he's learning, I think, to take the better shots, right? You don't want uh, Damian Lillard taking two or at the beginning of his career, Westbrook, right? Taking all those shots. Of course, he's going to get some assists and some goals, but you want to take the best shots, right? To get the most efficiency out of him. And that's, I think, the same with Espinosa. Yeah, it's just unfortunate he couldn't put away, put away that one chance because then maybe we'd be talking a little bit different. Right, that, that um, exactly. the yep. penalty in the early of the season, right? So definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, of course, it's touch and go, but I, I think that we'll see him continue with this form. I really hope he does. Yep. Okay, we move on to... Uh, real quick, uh, yeah, I think, like, there might be one game where he dips. Like, I think it's the same thing with Shea. I think he just had a bad night mm-hmm. that night. I think he's going to be fine for the L.A. game. Like, I don't think it's a, it's a bad spell, and I think... Like we said, he's starting to hit his rhythm. So I think we're starting to see people start to get in stride, which I like at this point in the season, right. instead of it happening like two games before playoffs and maybe we don't even make playoffs. Right, right. No, definitely. Yeah. All right, I move on to Cowell. Um, 
We have a 6.6 .6 out of 10 for him. When he was running at or around defenders, he can be truly unplayable at times, and he really was electric for us. However, you would like to ask for more when receiving the ball at feet from the All-Star. I mean, yeah, so he was called up to the All-Star team. That was really nice to see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of how many opportunities he created during the Portland game. He obviously had that one where he dribbled past a couple of guys in the box and uh, slid it across to Espinosa, who unfortunately couldn't put it away. But, right. yeah, I mean, you think you just expect maybe a little bit more. I, I agree with that. If Espinosa put it away, we would be talking about, wow, another assist from Gade Cowell and men of the match exactly. type of deal. Yeah. So I just want to see his chances get finished, right? Because yeah. if he, once they do, he's out of here, right? He's going to Venezia. He's going anywhere in Europe where they'll, they'll, they'll pay for him for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I got to give – I like I think the reason I'm so harsh on him is because he has so much potential. Like we talked right. about his one-on-one -on -one finishing, and that really like blew a lot of games for us last year. That's all he worked on this summer, and you can see it's improved. You could tell. Yeah, and – and like I said, like sometimes he's not having the best game, but he's at least an outlet for us. Cause if we're stuck in our own half, send it 20 yards over the top, he's probably beating the guy or he'll get a chance. And I think to your Andrew Wiggins point earlier, mm -hmm. I think he's helped me as best when he's kind of being like playing his role. Mm -hmm. I think when he gets frustrated and then he tries dribbling past seven people, yeah. that's when it gets really bad. And I, I gave Almeida a lot of credit in the previous game for Seattle wasn't having the best game or maybe it was a game before that, but yeah, he, yeah, uh, yeah, he out. like fouled someone behind. He knows two plays in a row dribbled without passing and then does a dumb foul, subbed him out right away. And that's just from being young and being right. Probably used to being the star of the team and not having the best game. But like, I, I rate the kids so highly and I'm going to be so sad when we lose them to some European team. And, and this Jeremy Abobasi kind of transfer in with uh, re-signing a new contract makes it seem like there is suitors already. Like mm -hmm. they understand that they need to add some star power. Maybe they do something within the playoffs this year, but maybe next year, I think they're thinking that, yeah, we'll have suitors with Kate already. Yeah. Well, I know he was in talks with Barcelona over the summer and now that Messi's gone, you know, they got the perfect replacement, <laughs> the new number 10. They won't pay for him. I mean, you thought we were bad financially. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would take, you know what, to be completely honest with you, I would have took like a, three-player kind of trade swap, you know, with, like, Conrad Lafuente and then two other, like, Academy products from Barca for Cade Cal. I would have been ecstatic, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they and Barca could do that. I don't know why they don't do it more, to be honest. Just mm -hmm. like, hey, we well, have the you know those... in the world here. Yeah, yeah you know La Masia players can play, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. that would be nice. All right, we can move on to the last one. Jackson Ewell. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I'm confused. Sorry. Okay. You will 6.3 out of 10, a small improvement. And he was definitely in a new position, but from a co-captain and international player, you need, you need more of an impact than just shifting side to side at a slightly higher pace. Yeah. I completely agree with this. I don't know about the rating, maybe a little bit less. I honestly didn't think he played that well. I just, I, my recurring theme with him is he needs to make more penetrating runs and he mm. needs to make more penetrating passes. It seems like he gets stuck in the side to side philosophy. Mm. Um, he, he, he goes forward when he plays for the national team and it's much more exciting to watch. However, when he plays for the quakes, it just feels like he, he doesn't, he doesn't look up. Maybe it's yeah. because of the nine he had with Wando and stuff, but it just, I, it's, it's so painful to watch him just shift it side to side. That's my critique of him. I think it will change now because Flo was a Vancouver Whitecap. I think he had a lot of doubt in his mind that the defenders can get their guys. And he always felt like he needed to track back. So he made the easy pass to, if it gets, 
intercepted, he can run back as fast as possible. Same thing with Rometty. I think we're going to see them open up because they're going to finally trust the back three. And that this new formation is, is going to open that up too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I think Jacob hit again like perfect. I completely agree. When it was the U23 national team, you see him going forward, the penetrating runs. When it's with us, it's side to side, or like for some reason in America, they just think that Busquets is God and they think all Busquets has ever done in his career is get the ball, play it back to a center back, or get the ball and send it long for the winger. And that's all we really see from Yule at times. And I, I it definitely is a step up. I think moving forward, the, the best option is to have Judson and Ramady in mm-hmm. the midfield or the holding mids, have Yule at attacking mid so you can free him up a little bit more. Ramady can then attack more because Judson can maybe do some more covering. Yeah. And then you can have Chofis come on as a sub. So instead of being really productive for the first opening minutes and then slowing down, have a very strong 15, right. 20 minutes. And I think that's really helped Andy Rios as well. Some yeah, of that yeah, yeah. Has, yeah. I mean, Andy Rios has missed some howlers still, but I think his holdup play is good. I think yeah. he's yeah. he's the best player to hold the ball since Quincy Ameriqua. I think the Quakes haven't had a player like yeah. that. Andy Huzan wasn't that. Um, yeah, Juan Delaski's yeah. not that, right? So, oh, um, don't even get me started. He tries yeah, to play so, like it, though. I mean, his wage, unfortunately, makes it so that we have to, you know, expect more from him. But if Andy Rios was on a maybe a 200K contract, it would be a different conversation, um, mm-hmm. I think, you know. But the, I'll get into Andy Rios later. But um, yeah, yeah. basically, uh, I wanted to add one more uh, kind of player rating or coach rating. What did you think of yeah. Matias Almeida this game? Um, let's start with Saz. Yeah, gee, okay. It, it, this is what frustrates me. It, like the last couple games, not the Seattle game. I thought the Seattle game was like his best performance in a long time. Is the lineup came out good because we are working with scraps right now. It's, and it's so hard to like, I, to be a Monday night quarterback, right? And like, I don't know what's going on in the training ground and like who's actually healthy and, right. But in a game when you sub out, Espinoza for Fierro. No, <laughs> like, like I just, I don't, I don't understand the sub. It's the substitutions that are killing me. I don't understand that. Like, I, what is he seeing? If like, I would just love to sit down with him because I genuinely think he is a very good coach and it has like very good like tactics. I just, what is he seeing every week that I'm not seeing with Fierro? That is what's bugging me. He can deliver a cross. That's yeah. one thing he can do. And that remember that Cade Cal goal where, where he like used the right stick on a PlayStation to kind of get that yeah. goal. That yeah. was all Carlos Fierro's assist, saving the ball from going outside of, of exactly. Out of yeah. yeah. So he can deliver a good ball. It's just everything else, unfortunately, is lacking. <laughs> yeah. And with that well, price tag, you almost have to play him if you have five subs. I think that's it, that's yeah. kind of like it. But, you have yeah. to give him minutes. My other thing is like in a game with Portland where it's so pacey right, and like right, right, right. you, you really need high work rate. And then you see Rios and Fierro warming up on the bench. It's just like, what are we and doing? Wanda, and Wanda. Yeah. 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 My, my whole problem. I'll go next. Uh, or Saz, what was your kind of number for Matias Almeida? Uh, oh, I, I don't, I'll get, I'll give him, I'll give him like an eight, mm. four only because that like to deal with that Portland squad and like to deal with mm. how many people are injured and knowing in the back of your head, you have LAFC in a few days and right. to come out with a, a tie. I think that's quite good. Yeah. 
uh, I'm going to go next. I'm going to give him a little bit of a less rating because I think his subs took too long to come on. I think the subs mm. came in on the 81st minute. Like, no, yep. man, you, you got to you gotta bring them in 70th, 75th minute if they want to make a difference to, for the win, right? Um, so I, I'm going to give him like a 7.1. I think the lineup was good. The formation was good. The subs, questionable. Yep, yep. Jacob? Yeah, I fully agree with that. I, I don't think Almeida made the subs quick enough. It felt like we were we were just for a while just sitting back in our own half, just yeah. absorbing a ton of pressure, just building up constantly. I was surprised that it took them that long to score their goal at the end of the first half. Mm. And then we move on, and we, like you said, we're just waiting and waiting. And Portland made a couple subs, and we're like, okay, well, when is, when is Almeida going to make a change? And I, I agree with that entirely. So, yeah, if you notice on the Gould doc we're looking at, I didn't even write down Fierro and Rios. <laughs> I, 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 Jacob and I were texting throughout the game, but it, there is one point in the game where I immediately FaceTime because I, like, I, there's been great trios in, like, our lifetime, like MSN, like the Messi, Neymar, Suarez, uh, right. Benzema, Ronaldo, Bale, like, Salah, Mane, Firmino, these, these front three that just create this electric runs good off the ball movement great dribbling at the defenders and sometimes like especially in sports you just like there's this electricity you feel like like you just feel a goal's coming or you just mm. you feel, <laughs> you feel like pressure's coming like you kind of know like that atmosphere like like oh we're gonna concede soon they're knocking the door oh we're about to score we're right, right there like you know that that feeling you just get in your gut like you, you know what i'm talking about yes exactly exactly so Everything I just described, if you were, I don't know what the word is, but if you could just take the complete opposite of that. Yeah. In like the 81st minute, <laughs> we had oh quite possibly the worst attack I have seen. In, I, I'm going to look directly at the worst attack I've seen in my entire life. It was Wando, Fierro, and Rios versus on like a 3v4 or a 3v3. Yeah, Wando had cool. the ball. <laughs> and thinks he's messy. Thinks yeah, he's messy. He, he's dribbling at the defense at like negative two pace, and then you have uh, Rios who's making a run behind a defender the entire time, so Wando has no one to pass to. But he's also running into Wando, so he's closing off the space. And then you have Fierro at the far post who is standing in an offside position <laughs> the entire attacking possession. And then Wando just gives the ball away, and then we're outnumbered because those three didn't get back. It was mm. unbelievable. I like I, that. That's where I lost my mind. Where it's like, I, I like Wando coming in for certain moments, and I think Rios has been a good sub. But that's where I and like I get we're working on scraps right now. But it's when you see things like that, I just want to talk to Almeida and be like, "What are you?" I'm not saying you're wrong, but I just want to know what you're seeing so I can look in the game and be like, "Okay, yeah, he is producing for us in that area." Yeah. Yeah, and um, I, when I saw, I think Eddie Rios was on the wing. I was like, "What? What's yeah. going on this game?" Right? So I was like, "What's going on?" You know. But no, I agree. I agree with you. I thought maybe they could have had a little bit more time to get in a groove. You know, maybe they kink they yeah. they get rid of those kinks the first five minutes, and they still have another ten minutes, but or twenty minutes because this game went really really long. Um, but yeah, that I guess that wraps it up for our player kind of um, player uh, stats review. Yeah, uh, review. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you. And um, yeah, guys, if you want to listen to more of that, the actor shop has that on their podcast. So definitely lots of fun kind of reviews. Um, sad day. 
I'm actually kind of honored that Florian Youngberg's last review was on our, our podcast. So, yeah, but quick LAFC preview. Let's go ahead and um, let's start with Jacob. Yeah, so I think I'm actually going to be going to the game on uh, Sunday. So that's awesome. going to be exciting. Um, as we all know, they just posted a 4-1 loss against uh, Sporting Kansas City, right? So mm. hopefully they're um, in the mud right now and we can come in at home and hopefully hopefully get a win. You know, that'd be nice. You know, yeah. I remember last season we had that shock win at home against them and it was like in the last minute, right, Jackson? You will, I believe, score the winner. Am I correct in saying that? Yep. But yeah, I mean, hopefully we can just post a win again. So I'm really, I'm really just anxious for some three pointers. You know, I'm sick of, I'm sick of these one point draws. It, it just feels like there's always something to be desired with our, with our pattern of draws. I mean, yeah, we have been unbeaten in like the last what five games now, but yeah. we haven't. I mean, I think we have one win in the last three months. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean. Uh, no matter how you look at it, we need more, we need more wins. Definitely says it's, it's, it's a tough one. We absolutely need a win, especially where in the season. Um, I don't know if the new signing is, you said he's available for the game. He's available for the game. Yeah. I don't, I don't see uh, Almeida starting him. Mm. I just, the way he's going, I think he likes to stick with his guys. I mean, Yule didn't even start the last game and he didn't play any of the knockout games. So he obviously was fresh, but still didn't start. Yeah. So I don't see him starting. Um, It's, it's tough because it's a it's a rivalry. Like you look at the Merseyside derby, like mm. in England, Liverpool. The last four or five years are infinitely better than Everton. <laughs> the last like four games, it's been a tie or Everton are like very close. There's just something about that rivalry, and like we said about MLS, you never know what can happen. So it's gonna be a very tough one. And they seem to have our like I know we beat them twice last year, but they yeah. seem to have something yeah. against us. But I think Almeida's kind of in a groove. It's also tough because we really got to watch our players' legs. So many are out injured. So many are just coming back from injury. And we also have a ridiculous schedule where we're playing pretty much two games a week for yeah. all yeah. of August. Yeah. Um, so quick score predictions from both of you. We'll start with Saz. Uh, seven zero them. Uh, no, uh, 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 God, something's telling me two one them, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go one zero us. Mm. Jacob. Yeah, do we have to be like extremely positive or no? You could you could tell it how it is, to be honest. I, I think it's gonna be three one them. Uh, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna score a lot on us, but we'll see. I think with this new formation, if they win, it's gonna be by one goal. Um I, I think I, I'm I'm agreeing with Saz here. Two one, it could either go them or us. Uh Jeremy Bubble comes on, makes that game winning goal and has a great start to his career. Oh, in San that'd Jose. be great. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Right. So now, I was at the Alan East game when he mm-hmm. had his very first game where he scored that free kick. I just remember the place oh, erupting. Yeah. I was there too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was there, I was there too. Yeah. That was crazy. I'd love yeah. to see that again. <laughs> that, yeah. That was yeah, right. Right. That was before COVID, right? The last. Yeah. Uh, that was, was like the last game last before game. COVID. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, I was like, Hey, wait, wait, I was there. I totally forgot. Yeah. Uh, but uh yeah guys thank you so much for coming on uh, where can Thanks we find your content and what do you guys uh like to do of course a podcast but what else uh you can find us a lot of places you can find us on our website uh aftershock.club you can find us on instagram and all our social media accounts instagram twitter uh facebook the facebook's kind of dead but uh <laughs> aftershock sj um you can also find us on youtube at aftershock sj or on spotify at aftershock.sj 
and we just like to chill we like to have like a podcast where it's like guys going to the bar and we're just having a good talk after the game having a laugh do these little player reviews i mean you saw them clowning on me for some of my scores like we just like to have a good time about it support san jose um yeah yeah we have the interest of the club at heart i mean we i know we are critical but you know we love the team and you know we, we love to go to the games and hopefully they continue to provide us with some good moments you know yeah. yeah, especially uh, Florian Youngberth highlight reel for Jacob there, you know, like. Yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't like post a tribute to him or something. He was they, just they, that. They did, they, they did, did right? something. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, ju- something. they just did something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, something nice. All right. Well, thanks, guys. All I have to say is go Quakes. Yeah. Vamos Thank you so there. much for having us on. Yep. Thank you.